We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's going on? Welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast. That game was insane. Woo! So, so insane that we have a post-game podcast with not only me, but Jacob tonight. He was so pumped after that game that he wanted to jump in as well. Jacob, how you doing? Man, you can't expect me to not come on the pod after that one. That was probably my favorite Thunder game, and I don't even know how long. We end up winning 114-112 after being down. Do you remember the exact number? It was, it was 20, more than 20 in the fourth 23, quarter. 23, 23. Biggest comeback in Thunder history. That was insane. Not to mention that in the fourth quarter itself, Paul George had 25 and the entire Brooklyn Nets team had 19. Cool that man off. That dude scored more than an NBA team. And the one thing about this game that kind of stood out the most was we didn't have that mellow mentality. I think that we had last year where he, there was reports that in the locker room, he wasn't necessarily bad, but he was kind of one of those guys that was like, Oh, you know what? It's okay. We're not playing well at the beginning of the season. It'll, it'll come around. I feel like this team last year down 20 in the fourth, we would have just said, you know what? That's fine. It's just an, it's just one game. We'll put the bench out there. We'll, you know, turn it around and play better the next game. But this team has that mentality that let's finish this game out and let's beat them. Oh yeah, and so, they they never gave up. They never they never shut down, and uh, and from there, just uh, just history, man. Like best 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 Paul Paul George performance in a Thunder jer- jersey. Yeah, absolutely. He was what one point shy of his career high. 
Yep, one one shy of career high, highest uh, point total in a quarter for him ever at twenty five. Uh, Eighty five to one hundred one with seven and a half minutes to go when D'Angelo Russell hits his second free throw, puts the Nets up one hundred one eighty five. After that, Paul George three point shot. Paul George rebound. Paul George three point shot. Adams makes a free throw. Adams makes a free throw. Or he missed one, made one. Uh, Paul George, three-point shot. Paul George, running layup. Paul George, alley-oop dunk. Paul George, driving reverse layup. George misses a three. Adams rebound. Paul George, driving floating layup. Paul George, free throw. Paul George, rebound off the free throw. Paul George gets another free throw. It was just the Paul George show, man. I mean, and, and that and I think that shows a lot too about Westbrook and No, Westbrook took an ugly ass three. He there. did, he did, he did. But the fact I mean, when was the last time we saw Westbrook sit back and let someone take over a game? Kevin Durant? That's what I'm saying. Since KD, I've never seen this happen. Yep. Russ took the back seat. And dude, like, I know all of us were thinking when Billy called that timeout with eight seconds left after the stop, we were all thinking, okay, Paul George, hot hand, get him the ball. But as that timeout lingered, don't lie to me, Nick, we all sat there and we all said, Russ is about to pull this bitch from 30. Yeah, and he's, I, he's I even said pull, something. He's about I to said pull it from 30. In our group text. I said, you know, we're down one and Russ is going to shoot a pull up contested three like he always does. And instead, and instead, oh, and 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 we we ran a good play. I think that I think the game plan was Russ drives that ball. If he's got an open um, lane, he takes it in, finishes at the rack. If not, if he gets doubled, he kicks it to Paul and he shoots the shot, which I think just shows the maturity of Westbrook, the maturity of this team, this entire comeback. I mean, I I don't think we make that comeback against any team with a proven star. I think that if we played. Any team that had a guy that can get a bucket when he needs it, that that you know, those kind of guys can stop runs like that. Um, this Brooklyn team really doesn't have a star that can put the ball in the hole when he absolutely needs to. And I, I think ultimately, when this game got within single digits with three or four minutes left, I was there was no doubt in my mind we were taking this game over and yep. winning it because they, they didn't have anyone those, that could stop the bleeding. Those Brooklyn buttholes puckered up pretty tight at that point. They did. So outside of Paul. Who impressed you most in this game? Oh, man, that's a hard question. Uh, the The defense struggled mightily. The bench struggled mightily tonight. Um, they just, the Thunder weren't crisp. It looked like they were a little slow, a little sluggish, turned the ball over a lot. Um, where they were trying to scramble out to three-point shooters because Brooklyn was hot from the three-point line, which allowed driving lanes. For some reason tonight, the Thunder were, were switching pick and rolls a lot which is not yeah, typical were. of them, leaving Adams isolated out on his own on like a point guard. We saw those those last like three or four minutes, they they subbed Adams out for Ferguson and ran a small ball lineup with Grant at the five. They ran uh, Russ, Schroeder, Ferg, Paul George, Jeremy Grant. Uh, super small ball lineup. You know, two point guards, a shooting guard, a small forward and a power forward, no center. And... They they just committed to switching everything and attacking the the rebounds, and they those final five minutes they played with just immense hustle. 
Uh, I thought the Westbrook save where they ended up overturning it, I I thought it was a little too close to, to overturn it. The call was a little too close. Right. Um, it's hard not to not to say Russ was the was the impressive guy out there. Twenty one point seventeen assists, seventeen assists. That's insane. Fifteen rebounds. Right. Uh, just just out of his mind. You know, Ferguson played. A, I thought a, a good game, a quiet game, but a good game. Schroeder twelve two and two. Like I said, the bench struggled mightily. Um, you got to get get a brainus more than two shots in eighteen minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, Hami obviously looked a little. Uh, a little cold, right? He, a little out of out of rhythm. Uh, Patterson plays six minutes total on the night. He's he's struggling. He's falling mightily. out of the rotation. He's struggling. Quickly. Yep. Um, I mean, Deontay Burton got four minutes. Meanwhile, right. the, the starters logged logged big minutes. Um, so it, definitely the Paul George and the Russell Westbrook show. Uh. So I, I would say Russ as probably my my second most impressive player, but I honestly like I can't remember when I've seen a takeover of that magnitude by a player on this team. I mean Russ has Russ has had takeovers before, but something to that magnitude where like he hit that third three in a row, dude. Like there was no way that was going in, and it went in. Yeah, you know, it was I mean, just one of those things like. Oh my gosh, he! I mean that 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 that's a side of Paul George we had never seen yet, and I'm hoping he takes that confidence and continues throughout the season like that. I mean, obviously he may not ever get that hot again, and I don't expect him to have you know 25 point quarters regularly. But I hope that's a confidence boost for him and someone that impressed me tonight that you didn't mention. Um, their stats weren't that great. They didn't shoot that great from the field. And ironically, they actually had um, the worst plus minus on the team. They were a minus 16. But just eye test, they really impressed me, was Nerland's Noel. During that big comeback, he had a couple you know, great contests at the rim. He had a nice block. He had um, a possession where I think it was D'Angelo Russell was, on, was uh, taking him one-on-one to the hole, and he poked it out for a steal. Yep. I think if, if anything, you know, even with him only having five points and nine boards tonight in 14 minutes, he did so much defensively that we, I mean, we, you, to, to come back like that, you have to get stops. And I think he was a big part of of cooling them off and, and getting some of those early stops before Paul really took over. Definitely, he uses his length so well. You know, his arms are freakishly long, and he doesn't just use it for his advantage as far as protecting the rim. He is so good at getting steals. He, he, he's one of those players that he's not, you know, a a Drummond or a, or a Stephen Adams where he has a big body. He's super, super lanky, and I think a lot of teams would shy away from a guy like that because if you're gonna have a, a big man that can't really shoot, you want to have a bruiser that's gonna get you boards and 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 be one of those super, you know, jacked, thick, big guys. Nerlens uses what he has he obviously doesn't have you know the ideal um back to the basket center type body but we're really all we need him for is put back layups easy layups and that defense and he and this is the first team where that's all it's been asked of him i feel like in philadelphia he was a lottery pick so they wanted him to be you know a star even in dallas they wanted him to be that starting center that was gonna blossom into their future starter for many many years and this is the first time where we've asked him to do 
exactly what he's good at. Yeah, they've just simplified the role for him. Right. Giving exactly. him something easy to do. And and I agree with you. Whenever you simplify it for him, uh, he's really good at what he does. Um, I know Brett Dawson has mentioned this before, but when, when Nerlens played at Kentucky, he was on pace to break Anthony Davis's single-season records for blocks and Rondo's single-season record for steals, both of those That's in the same crazy. season. You know, that because his length is so elite. And, yeah, I, I'm totally with you on the fact that he utilizes his tools well. Uh, he rim runs. He catches lobs. He gets rebounds. He gets tip-ins. Then on the other end, he just uses his length to disrupt stuff. And so I, he's he's a huge benefit to this bench, a huge benefit to this bench. Um, yeah, one, one of mine uh, has to be has to be Ferguson. He two of four from three, eight points, a rebound. I thought he played solid defense, and I thought there were there was a moment in the fourth quarter before the Paul George explosion where Ferguson uh, kind of called for the ball from Russ, caught it on the wing, and hit a three. Yeah, it was and huge. The next time down the court, like he was like super aggressive with his offense. That was his biggest problem early in the year was was his confidence and his aggression. Yeah, yes. he he seemed very timid, and if if he can be confident and aggressive like that, that's exactly what you want from him. A good defender who's going to dig in, be like gritty, but then be confident and aggressive on the offensive end. He had a nice dunk tonight. Uh, I'm. I continue to say this, and I even kind of said it during during the beginning of the season when he struggled. I think I think Ferguson's going to be a really good player for this team. I really I agree. like what he does. And and on that note, outside of Patterson, who we've obviously seen, you know, last year and this year, kind of fall in and out of the rotation. I think this is the first time in a while, and also something that not many NBA teams have is outside of Patterson, I think just about every guy on this roster knows their role, is fine with their role, accepts their role, and you know successfully does what they're supposed to do. I, I totally agree there's, with that. There's, there's no confusion on, you know, there's so many teams you look at and there's like, this guy wants more shots, this guy's wondering why he's not getting more playing time, you know, there's all this internal drama. Um, you know, there's guys on certain teams that are shooting 16, 17 shots a game that should really only be shooting, you know, eight or nine times in a game. And I think everyone on this team has a role and, and they, and they fill out their role effectively. Yeah, I totally agree. They've, they've all bought in. You can tell the camaraderie of this team is very, very high. They're, yes. they're, they're getting along. They understand, like you said, they understand their roles. They've bought in. And I think that is a huge component that gets overlooked a lot of times. There is no locker room drama, no issues with this team. You know, we did saw, you see the little mosh pit after the game? They yeah, did? dude. And then um, Russ came up and poured out, yes. poured one out on on P and P said, "I was a little too hot." Yes, a little yes. too hot. Yeah, I think these guys just just genuinely enjoy playing basketball together. Um, but would you not say Alan Crab would be a nice, nice little piece for this team? Dude, he he was stroking it tonight. He was he on and, fire. Is it Joe Harris? Joe Harris. Joe yeah. Harris can shoot that thing too, man. He can, and, man. The, and and Joe Harris is what what a brain this needs to be, and, and he is sometimes, but it's just I don't I don't know. He he, he he's confident. He shoots a lot for like a week straight, and then we'll go through spans where he'll shoot two times the entire game. Yep, kind of like tonight, which is frustrating. Exactly, but we'll take the win.
Oh, yeah. Um, I thought they were dead in the water, man. They were dead in the water. And Paul George said, I'm not taking an L in Brooklyn tonight. Yep. And we ended up winning. Um, That's huge for us in the conference standings. I know that, you know, several of the teams above us um, have have some tough games here the next couple nights. But if that win puts us in second place, solely in second place, half a game behind Denver, who, speaking of, we actually have um, here in about nine days our upcoming schedule we've got the bulls this friday we've got the jazz next monday followed by the pelicans wednesday and as i mentioned the nuggets friday that nuggets game is a redemption game that's a team that i have a feeling could make a splash in the playoffs just like we can they've got you know michael porter jr who hadn't played yet isaiah thomas who hadn't played yet they've got some injuries they're looking to to get figured out here soon and they're going to be a team to reckon with, you know, even though they already are, they've got more pieces coming. Um, so that's a game that I'm really looking forward to. And maybe by that time, a win over them would have us, you know, in sole position of first place, but that's the only team ahead of us right now. Definitely. Yeah. And, and Denver's only a half game ahead. They did win tonight against the Orlando magic by only six. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the, the reason the thunder jumped up a little bit as well is because the Clippers dropped one to Memphis. So yes, yes. West is crazy, so man. Those next four games, bulls, jazz, Pelicans, nuggets. What, what's our record? Oh, that's tough. Bulls, jazz, Pelicans, nuggets. Oh, my heart says three and one. My head says two and two. My heart says three and one. What are you going with? Your heart or your head? I'm going three and one. Screw it. Okay, you heard it here first, 3-1 through these next four games. Uh, thank you guys for listening in tonight. Biggest Bef- comeback win in Thunder history. Before we leave, while the outro music plays, let's uh, let's read off that Paul George stat line. You got it in front of you? I do have it here in front of me. Paul George finishes with 47 points, 15 rebounds, and 4 assists. What more do you want, folks? 27 shots and two nuts hanging down to his knees. Thunder up. We'll catch you guys later. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.